Bruce Lee's philosophy of fighting Jeet Kune Do is using no way as way and using no limitation as limitation. So to really move like what using no way is way. So there is no way and that is the way. When there's no way, that is the way and you find the way. So that's the conundrum of life. And using no limitation is limitation because there is no limitation and that is the limitation. So anything you're saying that's limiting you, it's just a limiting belief. Of course you can have it all. You just need to find out who has it all that you like, that you watch, and then what do they do? And how can you do that? And you gotta get real with yourself. Like I talked about that, that self-awareness of where you are wasting time or not using your time wisely and where you can delegate it out and how badly do you really want this? You have to decide. There is only one supplement that I think almost everyone on this planet should be taking and that's a full spectrum and highly bioavailable magnesium supplement because well, let's face it, ever since the Industrial Revolution, our soil has been depleted of magnesium, and therefore our food is depleted of magnesium. And on top of that, our modern environments, which are inherently overstimulating and stressful, are constantly depleting our body of magnesium. And unlike other nutrients, this is not something that your body can produce on its own. It literally needs to get it from the diet. And one individual kind of magnesium alone is not enough. You actually need seven different kinds to support over 300 biochemical reactions that help regulate your nervous system, red blood cell production, energy production, uh, managing stress and emotions, etc. And so the folks at Bioptimizers have made it very easy and convenient to add back in what the modern world leaves out. They've created Magnesium Breakthrough. Now I've been taking this for the past two years and the biggest benefits that I've seen are related to my evening wind down sessions and my sleep. I tend to be pretty overactive in the evenings, just totally overthinking everything that I do. And this has helped me wind down and get more restorative, more efficient to sleep. So I wake up feeling way more refreshed, more energized, more clear, more ready for the day. And the way that I see it, sleep is upstream of essentially every other health and wellness related habit and decision. Because if you're sleeping better, automatically you're going to have more regular cravings, you're going to have higher insulin sensitivity, you can derive more of all these inputs like fitness, right? You make more gains, you gain more muscle, you burn more calories, and you wake up feeling refreshed so that you can do it again and again and again. And then beyond the fitness, you have more energy to go for a walk, to do fun activities with friends, you are less stressed so you can socialize anxiety-free, and you're also going to be retaining, refreshing, and refining your skills and information much, much better. So you won't forget any names. And uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, over 300 biochemical processes that you're supporting with magnesium. And sleep, I mean, wow. Better sleep is just a better life in general. So I found it extremely helpful on a personal level, and I'm sure that you guys will find it helpful too. Your mind and body, and maybe even your spirit will, will thank you. So anyway, if you want to get a sweet little discount off of this amazing amazing magnesium supplement from Bioptimizers. All you have to do is visit the show notes. So you scroll down right now, takes just a couple seconds and boom, you'll have access to all seven different kinds of magnesium that your body needs. All you have to do is hit the link and use code KYP for Know Your Physio. KYP. That's all. Enjoy 10 to 22% off depending on the package you choose, whether or not you subscribe. I'm obviously subscribed because I don't even want to think about whether or not I'm going to get this essential supplement in the mail. And uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy 
that awesome stuff. And that's all for now. I'll see you guys on the show. All right, Jolie, here we are. Welcome to the Know Your Physio podcast. Thank you for giving me a, a place to get my ass kicked in your wonderful gym here in South Beach. Thank you for showing me what it takes to be the champion of your own life and for gifting me this incredible book uh, that everyone should needs to read, especially in 2023 when I think what most of us are lacking is the self-awareness to step into our excellence. And so... Well, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank <laughs> you. you. I love it. Can, Thank you for having me. If we can start somewhere, why don't we start with why? Why don't you tell us why you do what you do? Everything is so loaded um, because it's so many years of stacking why we do what we do. So my why is I live to serve. I truly live to serve. I truly get the gifts of life as in the giving. And I'm so grateful and blessed that I do it naturally. Like I'm just like a little happy. My mom thought I was, they thought I was retarded when I was a baby. She said, all I did was laugh in my crib. So Sorry, I re- gen- genuinely, genuinely, I, they PKU test came out positive. She said, all I did. And they said I was retarded. <laughs> like she thought I was retarded. All I was doing was laughing, but it could have been a defense mechanism because I had a very traumatic childhood. My dad died when I was two. And I could have been how I like if you tell me really bad news, I smile for a second. It's like the weirdest thing. I have a circuitry of like, and it's like I don't know how to handle the emotion. So I have to process it and breathe for a second. So I I did loads of work. So I'm sure I was suffering it, too. I lost my dad. Right. That was so I don't know. But she said I was always laughing. I'm always a happy person. And she beat us a lot. I had a rough childhood and I would still go to school like a happy child. That was part of the reason it bothered her. She hated that I got over it so quickly, but it was one of the skills that, so I wrote a book on adversity, growing from adversity, doing, we all grow from example, not non-example, yes, example and non-example, but the secret is move toward what you like, not away from. So adversity is move away from there. We are the examples, we're the anomalies, we're the champions, right? And everyone wants to be a hero and everyone wants to be anomaly and everyone wants to be a champion and then maybe they see the work it entails and then do they right because nobody gets a success on top unless they see like oh kardashian oh they have those examples but the true grit and climb of success there's no escalator or elevator and then what it really takes so i was just always a fighter from a little kid so why i do what i do is my favorite line is god doesn't call the qualified he qualifies the called So now that I'm so much older and I've been doing this for 30 years and I have so much experience, I, I, and I've done the same thing for 30 years and lived in the same cycle. I believe that it was the unfolding of trust. I didn't always trust, but now God, it's like, I got all of this. Like God gave it all to me because I was living my special sauce. I was doing what I do best. Like anytime people are like, oh, I love this. About, oh, I, I just do what I get to do well. And I do me. Like my business is a full extension of me. And it's just me being me every day. So I get to just serve people and make people happy and transform their lives. Of course, I sharpen my tool on delivering that 
like being better than anyone else at like transforming people quickly, right? Of course. So then you got to be good at what you do to develop that. So why I do what I do is now the feedback. <laughs> the feedback is why I do what I do because every time someone says, oh, thank you so much. Oh, you changed my life. Oh, I do it for you. It's like, oh my God, what a gift life is. What a joy when you just give and you serve. You don't even think like there's things I do for money, things I don't do for money, things I do. You don't even think you just do and you give and you be you, your truest expression of your greatest self. And how you said, oh, I want this podcast to be about self-awareness, right? How self-aware can you be to keep uncovering and discovering your greatest and best self, right? And then because I coach people, I, and I used to lead introductions for Landmark, I am very clear that as I'm only as good as you, I expect you to be, and I got to clear my space and I got to walk the walk and I can't be a fraud. So I hold myself accountable to the same stuff I'm coaching people on. Like I, I would never have like a, that fitness instructor, no offense, unless they beat it through an accident and they did I knew their story and I wanted to do what they did, but I wouldn't have a, like a fat nutritionist. It's not like I got to walk the walk. So, and I do it because it gets me to walk the walk. It keeps me in line. You know, it was very bold for me to, I was like, oh my, so I went through my accident. I had a major accident and I was writing the book, going through my pain. And then I felt like a fraud. And then I had the imposter syndrome. And I was like, this is a burden to write, like being a badass in life. And here I am, like, I want to lay on the floor and die (laughs) because I couldn't move from my back. And they were telling me I needed immediate fusion surgery. So it's like, and I'm human too. And I want to be the, not I want to be, I am, I, you, you be it now. It's your future self. So you are the anomaly. So if you are that, how long am I going to give myself to sit and cry and pout? And when am I going to get up? And when am I going to change that conscious programming? And what am I going to do about it? And how long am I going to bitch about that program? You know, like how long am I going to keep that going on? Not long. <laughs> right. And so what, you've, what you're describing, one of the things you're describing here is how now that you are in this position where you can be the leader, the feedback that you get is from other people transforming in their own unique way, right? That helps you feel good about who you've, well, the excellence that you've stepped into and it helps you, uh, uh, well, it gives you the added motivation to continue to do that. Uh, because oh already, God, it makes me, yes, it makes me realize definition of wisdom. Yeah, like the, the hardest work, let me put it this way, the hardest work that you had to do was to get to know yourself and step into your own excellence. Now that you're there, the effort is in helping others do that so that you can reinforce the person that you've become because whether, it, you know, it's, you're obviously- Perfectly said. Yeah, you're, 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 you're brilliant, you're super fit, you're super sharp, but to get there, you had to go and endure some extremely difficult things. And so now every time you get to help someone, if, if I may, if this is appropriate, you almost, it's almost like- you're still helping yourself. You're, uh, you're of course, because I'm holding myself accountable to the same stuff. So every exactly. time I tell you, oh, you got to go do this, you got to add more protein. You're like getting your cravings are dropping. You know, you have all these cravings. You don't have enough protein. And then I'm like, Julie, you don't need enough protein. You need more protein. So yes, it keeps me on my toes. I love teaching a life of wellness because I get to live a life of wellness. That's conducive to my work life. My work life and my personal life have no separation. I do. I could go. I don't have to go. I'm retired. Like It's funny. I hate this saying, uh, live like you were dying because you would do stupid shit. Like if I lived like I was dying, maybe I would jump off a roof or something and do something stupid if I was dying. But I say live like you're retired because if you could live like you're retired, what would retired look like? And I don't know. I would never want to do 
nothing? What would nothing look like? And if I was retired, I'd want my exact life now. And so you said, oh, you get the verification from changing someone's life, but I get the verification from changing someone's life who had children and now their children. So it's like really mind blowing. You know, there's and it's that- so joyful. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. it's interesting because it's, you know, now you, now that you have a chance to uh, live and maintain this healthy life, you can truly just be yourself in the sense that you don't have to look for approval from yourself, from your mom or from anybody else to be as, as excellent as you are. And reflecting back on it, I was recently at a, a, a John Mayer concert just a couple nights ago. And at, at some point in the show, you, you know, he just kind of between songs, he stops and he goes, you know, it's amazing that I get to be here with you guys right now because I've spent my whole life trying to prove this and prove that. And now I can just do whatever I want. And it really just helps me uh, be as authentic as possible in my process of making this amazing music. You know, he doesn't have to prove anything else. He can just, and you can just tell, I mean, that guy is so authentic. And that's what I see in people like you and other uh, 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 professionals, like genuine professionals. You know, they've lived a life where they had to endure so much. And when they, they truly step into their excellence, they don't have anything to prove anymore. And they can just be. <laughs> you know, so so what so is it? The definition of wisdom, right, is a past experience without an emotional charge. So when you have been through the dirt and you have been through a lot that you do love to now in turn share and teach and mentor and coach, it's wisdom. It, and, and when you've done the work, right, work harder on yourself than you do on anything else in your life and life becomes easier for sure. And then you have that wisdom because it's not wisdom unless you do the work because then it's an emotional charge. Right. And then let me ask you this question for the folks that are tuning in right now that haven't had that maybe they haven't had a traumatic experience or they aren't aware of the trauma that they've endured. How can they be honest with themselves and pursue a path that helps them step into their excellence and derive this wisdom? Because as, as from what I understand with trauma, is a lot of people are in denial that they were traumatized. A lot of people, the trauma exists in their subconscious. It hasn't come to life. So they don't know how to do the work. They don't know how to invest in themselves to derive that wisdom. So what do you have to say to those people? Yeah, well, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step, right? And the first step, because it's a lot, it's a journey. It's life. It's trust the journey, do the journey. It's the, it's not like, oh, I follow this recipe and I'm done. They follow the, they follow it for life. So it's consistent consistency. But if I let you know the first step and the umbrella, and if I had to say the one rule to life, it would be integrity. Because when you honor yourself and you do what you said you were going to do, you then can have confidence. You then can have motivation. All of confidence and motivation and discipline and all of that come as a result of honoring yourself. You have to do what you said you would do. Integrity first. So I would start small because when people's lives don't work, they probably don't have integrity in almost all areas of their life. 
So we would start small and we would pick one area and we would get, begin with the integrity in that area. So I would start to drill them down, right? So I break them down with questions. Okay, what are the areas? What's working, not working the most for you? Is it relationships? Is it money? Is it finance? Is it fitness? Is it health? We'd pick an area. Okay, what's an area? What are you saying you would like to do in that area? What have you been saying you want to do? What's going on? Tell me about it. And they'd say, okay, what, what's, what are you doing right now? And they tell me, okay, well, is that going to bring you to your goal, right? So they need to get true with what they're doing in that area and get some integrity. So an example is if they say their their health is out of whack and that's a mess. Okay, well, what are you saying you want to do? I want to go to the gym. I don't have time. You know, they have all these excuses. Okay, well, that's not going to, right? So the, the, hence goes the coaching. <laughs> Drilling them down, but it, it's starting small and it's having integrity. And what are some of the reasons why people don't honor themselves? Oh, because it's painful. They're not in the mood. They're not motivated. Why is it painful? The work is a lot of work. I I listen to Mel Robbins. She makes jokes. She goes, I used to say I wanted a six pack, but when I found out what it took, I said, forget it. (laughs) People don't realize they did. Words are the problem. That's why I say I'm a communication coach because words are so limiting, right? So they create boxes and people go, oh, stress kills you, right? So the word stress kills you. So they think like, oh, stress, okay, I won't stress out. They don't get like, it's a world of like what you can learn on the spectrum of what stress is and then what happens and then thought becomes form and then chemicals release in the body, and right? So it's, it, but it was one word, like breath work. Do breath work, okay? That's your whole life. That, that'll take your whole life to master breath work. So words are so limiting. So it's just, getting real with yourself and being choosy with your words and honoring yourself and starting slow. So if it's like diet, go clean it. You need a coach. You need someone. You need help. If what you're doing and what you've been doing isn't working, then you need a book like mine. You need a cassette. When I was growing up, I ran away all the time. I ran away at 15. My role models were people in the gyms. I thought they were so strong and fit and I wanted to be strong and fit. And then they were I was so grateful I had cassette tapes. Now people have YouTube. They can learn whatever they want. So like I would get my book. I used to learn from Tony Robbins. I used to learn from Jim Rohn. I mean, Wayne Dyer. I used to, I I was in small rooms. I had lunch with Wayne Dyer, small rooms with um, Carolyn Mays, little rooms with 20 people. She was a superstar. She's like 80 now. She was my hero. Jim Rohn back in the day, but those were my heroes. People need to seek. It's never, I love Tony Robbins' uh, line that he says, it's never a matter of resources, it's a matter of resourcefulness. And people need to think out of the box and get better questions. Hence why I wrote a book called A Thousand Plus Questions to Ask Yourself because people, oh, why am I so fat? Because you're a freaking pig. They need to ask better questions. So, and people need to learn the art of asking questions. People don't realize that it takes, so you said, why don't people have it? It takes practice. People find out the work it takes, what it takes to be involved. So why don't people do it? Oh, the chocolate cake. They don't delay the marshmallow. There's a book like the people who delayed the marshmallow, the kids, they eat the chocolate cake, but you are on a diet. Oh, tomorrow. No integrity. That's the umbrella, the integrity, not tomorrow, not ever. And so So that's the value of AA, you know, one day at a time. And so you're a huge fan of the coaching so that people can develop this integrity, right? But you've also described how the accessible means to get information nowadays like YouTube or social media, et cetera, can't give you a lot of this, you know, these tools and information. How do you find the right balance of accessible tools and information via these formats and coaching? How do you know when you need to- I personally or as a person? 
as a, just for let's say someone tuning into this a person podcast, or me oh yeah someone watching the podcast someone watching yeah, the podcast perfect. right now That's if they want to yeah, if they want to find the right balance between having access, mass access to information at their fingertips and coaching, you know, how do they know when they need more of one or the other? Mm-hmm. Well, that's why integrity and what's working and not working, where do they want to go and where are they now? And are they able to get there on their own? Who do they need to call? Who do they need to support them? What do they need to get them there? What's missing? Why are they not there now? But let me ask you this. So if that's the case, right? If asking these questions is the case, but then you've also described how this is like breathwork is a journey that takes your life to master. Then how do they rate themselves? Have the yeah. How do they, if they, if they go, okay, well, all right, I'm going to learn to breathwork and I'm failing, 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 but I know this takes a lifetime to master. So then in that case, how do you know whether you need to watch more YouTube videos on breathwork or whether you need a coach? If you're in it for, if you've already, if I was coaching you and you asked me that question and you would go, oh, if it's going to take me forever and I'm doing it every day and you, I was coaching you, I'd say we're doing five minutes a day and nobody's good at anything. Can you? I can do 100 push-ups. I couldn't do one. So you have to have faith and you have to believe and you have to practice and call me in 20 days after you've done five minutes a day for 20 days and we'll go back to it. Right. So in that case, in, in that case, I can fill in the gap here. It's like it's not what you're what you need training on is not the breath work but on the small consistent steps that are going to get you the breath work eventually. So forget yes, the, the breath work. Behavior, right? Like you said, interoception, that was like your favorite word and you love the inside. You need training like a dog. You need the training. You need someone to hold you accountable. You need someone to formulate your words better because your words create your world. You need someone to show you that you are in your own way and everything that you are creating is a result of what you're thinking. All of that. And what is the feedback that someone needs to know that their coach is actually doing a good job? How do they know that when their coach is doing a good job at training them? That they have exponential transformational results. Like anyone that deals with me that I've coached in the past, they're like, she changed my life. So no one that I coach would not be like, she didn't change my life exponentially. And if they're not doing that, then you can learn on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And that's the point of coach, right? Coaches came from athletes. Athletes want to excel. When you're not training, someone's training to kick your ass. It's very hard to be at the top, the 1%, to make that climb, to make the million to the 5 million, to make the 100 million to the billion. Those climbs, people think it's like one little, it's a huge difference. People need coaches to grow laterally like that. Right. And how do you know when the person, the receiving end of the coaching, is ready to fly with their wings. Oh, because I ask, I ask, I'm the master of questions. I mean, not the total master, but that's what I work on mastering. I still work on my ability to ask better questions. And I ask, I need leverage. I need to know they're ready and they're ready to commit and they're willing to do this. And they're going to have integrity. I don't, it's so easy for me to fire a customer. I am not for everybody. And I'm very like, get up and do it now. And I answer the calls for everyone that comes to my gym. I'm like the first one to say, we're not for you. Because I build a community and I, I know what I can serve and I know who I'm for. And for both of our benefits. <laughs> I'm so all about you- the win-win. So I think of you, think of me, think of you. I'm the oxygen mask on an airplane. Namaste all the way. Right. And then as far as firing a client, uh, which by the way, I mean, I, I, 
I see this as uh, symbolic in a way, right? How do you know when it's right to fire a client and what are the net benefits for both you and the client when you fire them? When they're not a good oh, fit. Oh, if I'm not helping them and they're not doing the work and it becomes like a monetary exchange versus more value than any monetary you could exchange, it's not moving the needle forward. This right. is not working. Like and I love the line. This is not working. How do you have that conversation with someone? <laughs> how I just said it. This is not working. What you wanted and what I want to deliver is not happening. You're not sticking to what you said you were going to stick to. I am not getting you to stick to it. You are not ready. However, it, however it comes down. I'm very good at speaking whatever's in the space because I don't want speaking creation comes from nothing. So if something's in the space, then it becomes an in order to, or I'm in the way or something else is in the way. And I need it to be as clear as possible. That's why I always compare myself to like Abraham Esther Hicks. She's the only one I could think of, even though I don't channel, I get really empty where you can't trigger me. So, cause I'm here to serve. And if I'm here to serve, I got to serve from nothing. So I got to get clear, clear my listening and be open to just hearing. Make sense? And, yeah. And, and when you develop that kind of self-awareness that you know is necessary to help a client uh, or a family member or any love. A lot of fucking work. Which is a lot of fucking work. A lot of fucking work it was. How do people ever get offended with that kind of honesty and transparency? Never from me, which is amazing. So many people watch me do my thing and they go, I can't believe Jolie just said that. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, I'm not for everybody. So I'm sure there's people that don't like me. And then maybe they would say that. But people I'm coaching, no. My timing, right? That's one of the rules of being a champion in your life, timing. So I say the right thing at the right moment to make the shift. That's why I love to help people that feel like they tried everything. Because I know how to smack someone right when they need it to create change. I'm really good at in the space. I have a tattoo moment between the notes. I find the space and I create shift. But my master's degree in 97, so that's 26 years ago, was behavior modification, right? So then I did all Joe Dispenza. I did everybody. I've done everybody's work. So doing it, Joe Dispenza, stimulus response, stimulus response, stimulus response. That's what my master's was in 97, behavior modification. So it's, I do this, antecedent consequence. So all I do is sharpen my tools, sharpen my tools, sharpen my tools, sharp to where it became, that's why I compare myself to Esther Hook, kicks. It becomes like you're a superpower. So that is my superpower, is the timing. So no, I don't offend someone because I say it for them, not for anyone around us, right? Because I come from the open space and I'm very committed to creating a shift. So it's in my commitment and in my listening that no one would be offended. Have you ever made a mistake? And if they are, good. That's the purpose. <laughs> Have you ever made a mistake? In coaching someone? No, it's not about making a mistake. I've over, I believe it's funny. I just did a video on this the other day. Like Romeo always says, oh, when someone's a snake, know they're a snake. They show you they're a snake. No, they're going to do what a snake does. And I'm more, it's like my good quality and my bad quality. I more think flowers grow out of people's ass and I can turn you into like a fairy and I can bring out the best in you. So yes, I get screwed. Like where I thought someone would pull it out of the bag and they just don't. 
But I say, don't mistake my kindness for weakness because there's only so much I'll take a chip away. That's why I said I'll I'll fire someone. I, I always also say I'm not intimidating. You're intimidated because I am going to say what I need to say when now it's interfering with my power and owning, honoring myself. So I'm going to keep the integrity of honoring myself. But sometimes I step over and have more hope than I should in somebody. Okay. Well said. And what are some qualities that you've gained throughout the years with the courses, with your writing, with your dedicated approach to behavioral change that you think everybody can and should pursue to be the best versions of themselves? I got every quality. (laughs) If you ask my sisters, they would be like, Jolie's nothing like mom, but I'm like, I would have been and I could have been, but I went through the war of personal development because when you want to lead for Landmark, it was the only thing that got done to me. So I had to tear myself down to like getting that I had that laughing mechanism in my crib because my dad died and I would just laugh and it was how I coped with things and peeling back the onion and then learning the value of meditation and getting like not praying to God praying as God as source like my father is God like I come from source we all do and just connecting to that so I learned everything from it I would never have been who I am yet I'm so grateful for my mother right because the Because of who she was, I became who I am. And then I learned to chase mastery and run away from what I didn't want. And then I learned when I was running away, I was running toward, right? So getting the balance between the space and then all the tools I need to cope with whatever comes my way. Meditation, breath work. And then people say, oh, it takes a lifetime. When I say it takes a lifetime, because I can't be like, check, I learned it. I know it. I'm done. I'm still working it. Like today, my meditation, sometimes I do like longer silence. Sometimes I'll put a gong in the middle and I play with like when I want to put the gong in the middle and then where my voice goes. And it's always a learning experience. Like today I uncrossed my legs and I was like, oh, am I going to judge that or am I not going to judge it? Right. Do you let that thought go? And it's all in the letting go. You let it all go. Of course, I let it go that I uncross my legs and I don't get up. So it's like I don't get up. And it's okay, I don't cross my legs because you let all of it go. And it's the journey of, I always say that when you master life, you surrender in the end. You come in on an in-breath and you leave on an exhale. And if you can really go with the flow of life, and I say I want to, I if I pray for anything, that's what I pray for, to go on an exhale through surrender, like allowing it to go because not allowing would be kind of stupid. <laughs> So the value of surrender, I say in my book, life is a life is a delicate balance between intentionality and surrender. And how you play with the two is how you play with the two. And all the tools I learned throughout my life is allowing me to play with the two in mastery, in really getting getting the value of life and feeling like I live life like a retired person. And it's really feeling like you arrived every day. Like every day you're like, holy shit, I unlock my door. And every day I feel like I arrived. I have freedom. I have peace. I have everything I said I wanted. I have way more than I said I wanted to do in the world. To You know, so then it's like, and then what? And then all of it's made up anyway, right? We make it all up. None of it means anything. So it's like, okay, now what? Now what am I going to create? What else am I going to have fun with? Well, I mean, it, it seems like the way that you've mastered your life and the way that you live your life, you have so many things that you can say yes to because you are so authentic. And I think that tends to bring a lot of all, you know, the, tends to bring the right things your way, like a magnet. 
And how do you know when to say no to some of these things so that you don't become overwhelmed? You can stay focused on what really matters. How do you identify that? was funny. I was going to interject with you before when you said, oh, it's good. It allows you to say yes to a lot of things. And I was going to say that it's actually because I say no to, I say, I don't like the word no, but when people ask me projects, things, cancer, support, I am kids. Like everything I do is kids. I do education, teenagers, at-risk youth, and then I do health and wellness. So it's all wellness, but it's for me, everything is about early childhood development, how you start. So I love to, how they start, how you educate, how you parent, how you teach. So all the same. (laughs) And so let's say, I mean, you have these core focuses. If something is up on your radar, how do you say no in a blissful way? And I'm asking, honestly, this is a selfish request because I'm in a position right now where, man, all these things just keep happening. Like all this amazing stuff just keeps approaching me. And, and, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I have a tendency to spread myself thin. So what do you suggest? I would say find a way to have it all. So your favorite word is enteroception. And my favorite word is and, and I love the word and, and you should expand your plate. And you said they're wonderful things and they're amazing things and amazing things and wonderful things you don't want to get rid of. So you obviously maybe need an assistant or you need some help or you need to find a way to get your where you can have all these things. Why can't you have all these things? Does uh, Tom Billy you? Who are your heroes? Who do you look at? Who do you want to be like? Do they have all these things going on? So, you know, success leaves clues. So you watch them and you figure out how to expand your plate because you don't want to have either or conversations. I just did a video on that as well the other day of people, you know, go, oh, you want to please everybody. Well, for someone to say you don't want to please someone is like retarded. Of course you want to please people. And it's not about, oh, you want to please everybody. And it's in the thinking and it's you can have it all. Like every thought that has you think you can't have it all is just limiting. It's tiresome. They're limiting. You got to really start evaluating what is going on in your schedule. What are you doing that you can delegate out? Where is your talent most best served in your time? And then delegate out what's taking up your time that doesn't need to. So you can have these wonderful, exciting things that you just said that you don't want to turn down. Well, thank you. (laughs) That's, you know, most people that I've asked, they will often say, well, you know, you have to meditate on it and you have to cross this out and cross that and pros and cons, whatever. And I'm just like, but I want to say, yeah, I want to say yes. So I appreciate you challenging me to, yeah, yeah. Make the plate. Well, so I'm a fighter, right? I own a boxing gym for 26 years. It's like our AC was out, and I'm grateful everyone was super cool. And ultimately, I own a fighting gym. We're fighters. We don't like, we fight. So, and then it's like a, a metaphor for life. So I would never say, like, yeah, sell yourself short. I think of like, you find a way. When there's a way, there's a way. When there's a no, Bruce Lee's like philosophy of uh, all his fighting, Jeet Kune Do, is using no way as way and using no limitation as limitation. So to really move like what using no way is way. So there is no way and that is the way. When there's no way, that is the way and you find the way. So that's the conundrum of life. And using no limitation is limitation because there is no limitation and that is the limitation. It's the conundrum of the book I'm writing in front of the hand, back of the hand. So anything you're saying that's limiting you, it's just a limiting belief. Of course you can have it all. You just need to find out who has it all that you like, that you watch. And then what do they do and how can you do that? And you got to get real with yourself. Like I talked about that, that self-awareness of where you are wasting time or not using your time wisely and where you can delegate it out and how badly do you really want this? You have to decide. 
and when we're fighting for life, when we're fighting for the the best quality of life, for our self mastery, for uh, to be the champion of our lives, do we have to approach that fight aggressively? Do we have to? How do so we approach? I mean, my slogan, my pens. I just got my new pens. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, scared me. I thought it was a Y. <laughs> my it says my slogan, my whole brand is mind, body, spirit, fit. Because people say, oh, you teach fitness. And then, I never teach fitness, really. I don't teach fitness. I teach fit as a state of readiness for mind, body, and spirit. So, But it says fight for intentional transformation, which stands for fit, from love. So I always come from a space of love, which means honoring me. Oh, wow. I have to honor me. So you say, what would I say to that? Or how do I say that? Or how would I respond to that? I always say, give me a minute. Let me think. So I need to, what would serve me that will serve you and that will serve the greater? And how do I want to respond to this? And how do I want the outcome to be? And what's going to be the best choice? And so I start rattling off a shitload of questions. And then I respond. By when do you need to know by? Then I, I think of it. I take a break. Moments between the notes create the music. And then if I have limiting thoughts, so you say like, how does a person do this? Or how can they be so great, right? When I'm in my, so I allow comparison to steal my joy. So my hardest time, that's why I love fit workout. Because when you work out and you push yourself past your limits, I'm preaching to the choir and you get that what you could do here, you could do elsewhere. So when I'm working out and I'm dying and I look over and I see someone and I'm like, oh my God, they're so much better. And I'm letting them steal my joy of my workout and I'm suffering. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna die. Like I contemplate the suicide only comes to me in my workouts. It's crazy. I wanna commit suicide in my workouts. I'm dying, right? But you push, cause you don't die. We always say, but did you die? So you die and you push. And then I remind myself of all those slogans that go through my head, like Jolie, don't let comparison steal your joy. And then I'll be like, bad workouts are better than no workouts. And I remind myself of the grit, like a rattling shotgun when I'm pushing through what I don't wanna push through because I bitch. So I got to kill the bitching and I cultivate voices in my committee, like the one that goes, shut the fuck up and do it now. I love that person. So I make that voice louder. And the one that's like, oh my God, a hundred pushups, you're going to die. I'm like, shut up. That one, I'm like, you are not invited to the next meeting. So I cultivate my voices. And how do you prevent burnout in a, in a, in, you know? I had major burnout when I hit 40, which is just about 10 years ago, <laughs> I was like, holy shit, 40? I said, what am I going to do? And then I hit burnout because I did everything I wanted and then some. If you told me I was going to own all these gyms and Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson, well, Mike Tyson didn't write the back of my book then, but still, they were all in my gym and Holyfield and everyone. I I was done. I was, I was done. I was finished. I didn't want to do anymore. And I was, so what do you do when you're in that situation is you get help. <laughs> so I got help and I researched this. Um, what kind it was of help funny. did you I was get? Supposed to go, huh? What kind of help did you get? Yeah. So I was going to go on this trip. I was going to do a solo trip, like a solo journey. And I was in the process of writing my book, but it wasn't motivating me. And there was like the care to writing my book was more of like a burden. And then all of a sudden I was like, it was right before COVID. It was like 2018, I think. So this is six years ago about. And then I, I saw this thing on the internet, Soul Adventures. It was amazing. I told them, I'm like, but I got help. I went for what I needed. So, I mean, there's retreats all over, but they were great. I told them Soul I have Soul Adventures? Soul Adventures. Like S-O-U-L. In Arizona, Sedona. Yeah, S-O-U-L. And it came to me because 
uh, hello, you ask. You, ask. I was like, oh my God, I'm thrown out. I hate. It. I was like, help, right? God helps. <laughs> so I found Soul Adventures and I told them everything that I'm burnt out and I don't want to do anything and I'm like have no passion anymore and I'm kind of done. I've done everything and everyone likes my life but me. <laughs> and uh, I went and they organized this whole week long trip in Sedona by myself. And I did breath work and I did meditation. And I met all these like seven year old ladies that were like wise women, medicine ladies. And I came back like, and I got everything I wanted because it was like that now I love not aging. I love getting older. I love that the wisdom is going to come and I'm sharpening my best tools and so what I was turning 40, it was like life does begin at 40. I was really getting it, but I was thinking life begins at 40 like it fucks you. So I had a bad outlook and I got help and I got the help I needed. And I did the retreat and I came back and I got out of burnout. Will I go back there again? Maybe. I have a tool now in my back pocket. I meditate. So I go into bliss like this it, because I also do it like Chinese torture. I don't ever not do it. Nothing. Even if I don't want to, even if I have no time, even if I think I have no time, even if I have a million appointments, I do it. And how do you, how did you, I mean, I understand that this expedited your ability to meditate and your appreciation for meditation, but how do you- What expedited start? my appreciation? Uh, this retreat. Oh, no, that, oh yeah, maybe it did start my journey for, yes, it did start my taste into meditation. I feel like I needed to credit Joe Dispenza because he was the one that, but really I need to credit the quality of immersion. So it's like, right, mm. when the student's ready, the teacher appears. The reason why Joe Dispenza was able to get, get me to meditate, because when I came back from Arizona, I didn't stick to meditating. They taught me the alternate nostril and things that were simple that I could do. And they said, do it 20 minutes a day, but I wasn't sticking to it. I was still like the population out there that says, I try, but I can't. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I did Joe Dispenza, but that's immersion where you're meditating like eight hours and then you take a few hour break and you're eight hours. And so it's really not even not to take any, he's a superstar. And it's the value of immersion. That's why I love retreats. That's why I love coaching. That's why I love going away. That's right. Your personal reality creates your personality. If you want to change your personality, you got to change your personal reality, right? Everyone teaches that. Uh, Atomic Habits teaches that. Change your, make it easy. Put it in your space. Uh, Joe Dispenza, change your personality. You know, you have your cell phone, you pick it up. It's all in your personal reality. You got to remove yourself. I was attracted. So I was like, I have the imposter. I have like a little bad girl in me. And I, I was like a night binger for so many years. And I went through that and I had to learn how to break through the night binging and everyone be like, oh, you're so fit. And then I'd go eat what's, the house up. What's night binging like? Like binge eating at night? Yes, I was okay. a night binger till like uh, maybe like 15 years ago. Crazy night binger. And then I was also, um, uh, I smoked vape for like two years. And I was into it because it had me being bad. It was easy. I could carry it around. It was like, I could put it in my pit, taste it like strawberries. It was so good. And I was like totally hooked on it. And they were just two things that I had to break through and get confronted with that like I'm a coach and I have to break through these things because I can't have those. I can't be a wellness coach and be a night binger. It's like, it, it just wasn't working. It was in my way. So it's nice that like I say the wisdom, I have no skeletons. Like I have no things in my way. I have no there's none of that. I, I can coach my, from an empty space. One of my, uh, one of my friends recently told me, they said, Andres, uh, leaders are the biggest hypocrites. What do you have to say about that? True leaders are not. 
<laughs> true leaders are not. But it's unfortunate that the leaders that are leading people these days are hypocrites because they don't belong being leaders like Cardi B. I mean, everyone that's leading, who's a leader? That's the problem that everything's followers. That's a Cardi rule B? in my book. Yeah, it's like, Jesus Christ, who are people following these days? Like, go back to Jesus at least or something. It's a, there's a rule in my book, don't, don't be a follower. And, you know, they should have leaders. And there was, a, I had a bumper sticker when I was 16 years old. It said, if the people lead, the leaders will follow. So... And then I downloaded a quote today. Oh, I turned off my phone, but it said, uh, the leaders will follow. That was the bumper sticker on my card when I was 16. What what does that mean? If the people lead, because people are so busy being followers. So they're following these hypocritical leaders that they didn't even, did you question it? Like we go to school and we like just follow what they say. Do you question it? Do you watch the news? You ask your doctor if it's right for you. Ask your doctor, call your doctor, talk to your doctor. And people don't question People don't think out of the box. People don't say just because I have a thought, maybe it's not true. People aren't challenged. They don't challenge themselves. They don't expect and demand and push themselves and not take less. And do you you believe that as a leader, you can still, in a sense, have fun and spend time with folks that perhaps don't have the same qualities that you do. And and maybe a clearer way to ask this question is, you know, let's say I'm trying to be the best leader that I can be in my community, but I have old friends that have bad habits. Is it a good idea to spend time with those people? A bad idea? Should there be a different intention when I hang out with those people? Uh, you know, I love, I mean, I know it's like front of the hand, back of the hand again, like how people say, oh, proximity is power. You know, a business advice I always get is don't be friends with your staff, but I don't follow that one either. So it's like, follow what works for you. And if that works, great. And if it doesn't work, great. And when it works, use it. And when it doesn't work, don't use it. You know, it's very, I'm such a pragmatist about reflection is the highest level of learning. So every day and everything in every way, reflect and evaluate. How is that working? Can it be better? What would I take out? What can I put in? How would I make it better? Maybe what works today won't work tomorrow and what works tomorrow would have worked better. You know, it's like you got to keep evaluating and changing and improving. How do you measure what works? Oh, well, it depends what the scale is. Am I happy? Do I like the results? Is it where I wanted and said I needed to be? Is it surpassing the results I wanted? It depends what I want, whatever I'm after. Like if I was F, so that's another chapter in my book, celebrate your wins, right? But then you got to keep moving forward. So how do I measure my results? Well, I didn't sell millions of books because I don't have a traditional publisher. So I don't have results of sales for my book. So that sucks. So how would you measure my results? My sales suck. And I know my book is the bomb diggity. So I'm going to keep trying. It's not like I'm going to be like, okay, I didn't sell the book. I'm going to keep trying and figuring out and influencers or ways or not because of selling the book. I get $2. It's like, I don't care about that. It's like I want it in everyone's hands because I'm committed to how you started the podcast that, oh, it's so easy. I can open to any page and I could just, and people need that where they can open to any page and they can learn because they're not reading the ones that are longer. Right. I think we said that off of the show, but I'll, I'll say it again now is that the reason why I love your book is because it is so practical. And like you said earlier, you know, you appreciate some of the leaders out there that make these great books, but you don't feel as if, like, why should you have to sift through 300 pages to learn one lesson? And the way that you've designed this book is it's every time you open the book, literally every time you open it, because you're going to land on a unique lesson, you're going to learn something valuable. 
And I say the most wisdom per word. I would love for you to expand on why you think that the word and should be, uh, why, why, why should I value the word and and why should I use it more often? Yes. So just like you used the word but just now, that was great because but worked there because like, okay, we had in, uh, we had, uh, whenever the word you use technical, oh, technical difficulties, but like, who cares exactly, but carry on. So, but was effective there. It's not like throw but out of the dictionary. And you'll hear me almost in every coaching video I do, you always hear me stress the word and. So people get that it's together, it's both, it's in addition to, it's an abundant word, it's both, it's more, it's also, it's not limiting, it's unlimited. There's always more after and. So it's my favorite word in the dictionary, I have a tattoo to my finger, the and sign, because it's also the infinity sign, sideways, mm. right? The end side is the infinity sign. I don't know if oh, you can wow. see that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see it. And you turn it sideways. So. That's why you should adopt it because the question you asked me is, uh, how do I say yes to all this wonderful stuff, but I have no time. And I do a mind movie. It's funny before I meditate, not all the time, but when you do Joe Dispenza, you have to create your mind movie, which is like a vision board in movie. And because he teaches you meditation, eyes open, eyes closed. So you watch your mind movie 5 billion times. It's like drilled into your brain. And I watch it still five years later. And it's, and it's, I have all, so I always had a limiting conversation about time. Like I have no time. I like you, like, how am I going to do all this? I have no time. I have time. And my best friend one day said to me, you have all the time in the world. And I was like, huh? (laughs) And I took a deep breath and it was just like a miracle. I have a sign on my door, exactly what she told me. I said, repeat what you said, text it to me. Cause it made me feel good. Right. When you hear something that makes you feel good, say it often. Cause it's all about the feeling. So I wrote it on my door. I have all the time in the world. It's in my mind movie. I have all the time in the world because I do have all the time in the world. What's the race? It's enjoy the journey. It's the pursuit. It's the, there's no, there's destinations and there's no destination. And the only destination is the end. And you won't even know because it's over. So do the best you can in every moment. So, and. Okay. And and this, and that. 101 rules. And this, and that, and this, and that. So to add to this. (laughs) And. And yeah, how do you find the right balance between abundance and being happy and satisfied with what you've got? When is enough enough? How do you feel? Well, that's funny you say that because my whole life I had the story never enough, right? So, and then when I got, I was never enough. I thought I was never enough. People would show up for me in like me running a business as they were never enough. That would be the impact I'd leave on people that they were never enough. So now people would be a circle of inadequacy, right? Everywhere you go, there you are. So through the work, right? Because you could say the same line 500 times, but you hear it newly in another way. And I get like enough for what? Like says who? I get like I'm enough, like enough for what? Like to even have a measure of enough is like, I'm not a recipe. <laughs> like I'm not like two cups of this, one cup of that. And it's like, of course I'm enough. Enough for what? Says who? So I dropped that not so easy in this conversation, like, oh, I dropped that. But I did a lot of work, a lot to lead Landmark. You have to do all their shit, all of it. And then I did my NLP master practitioner license from Richard Bandler. So that was really intense too. That's how I got rid of my night eating. So it's stacking the growing myself into the best of myself. Yes. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Uh, 
what does what is leading for landmark mean? What is that? Excuse my ignorance. Well, have- the two best tools I have from my life that I deliver outside of my masters, which cool. It's like my master set me off to let me know what I want to search for that'll align with the deepening of the understanding of behavior and human potential and all patterns of behavior. Um, landmark education and NLP. So those were the two things. And I did all Tony Robbins. I did both his business mastery. I did all his life mastery. So I've done it all, but he never really changed my way of being. I just left going rah, rah, Tony Robbins rocks. The only forms, and I did Dale Carnegie. I did so much stuff. Zig Ziglar, the only work I did that really transformed and ripped me up from the inside out was the landmark training and was the um, NLP training. What is so the that, like? Yeah. Ugh. Well, if you told me what it was going to be like when I first went, I probably wouldn't have gone because you start calling people. You have to call people you haven't. And I hadn't talked to my mom in like 16 years. So if you told me I was going to call my mom when I go to the landmark, I'd be like, what? This is not what I signed up for. So I didn't really get that. But what you get is your whole life. You get all your stories and you don't really always get, you get a lot out of the first one, the three days you do. You get so much that I wanted to say, you know, because I was already doing this for most of my life, but I wasn't living it. Or do you make so much? No, you get so much out of it. Right. So meaning they three days, it changes your life. You have a whole new perspective on life. So they make you phone, they make you call people. Oh, yeah. What, 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 why? Bring the bad news. <laughs> but why, why, why? No, I mean, I see the growth there, That's right? The methodology in my teaching, I owe to the methodology of Werner Earnhardt, who is the person that created the methodology of, it came from S training. Your parents were around, they did it. S training turned into Landmark. I can tell you almost everyone in the personal development arena went through a form of Landmark. If you ever hear someone say, how's that working for you? Or it's landmark training. And it, it all boils down to really drilling in in the immersion. And I got integrity. I got on my, on my word. I got life is empty and meaningless. I got that I listened to my mom through a filter. I got that I'm 100% responsibility. I got that I'm the master of my choice. Like I got so many tools out of it to the, like the most core level of the ripping out of myself to really choose powerfully for myself. And then at NLP, because I learned hypnosis and I learned how to timeline people and I got my master practitioner license. So in order to get a master prac license and I really, I put people through hypnosis. It's not really a tool I use. It's not my best. I'm not saying it's not good. It's great. It's just not what I use. Um, But anyway, going through that, I was able to get rid of other of my stuff, right? Because it's all about peeling the onion into the best of ourself and the greatest. And that's how you were talking to me is now I get to share the wisdom and the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So I get people there the quickest. I know I love learning from everyone. My book is just a regurgitation of everybody else's stuff, right? Nothing is newly created. It's newly packaged. Right. So, so you had to peel the onion to be the best coach that you can. Hell yes. That's that's what you're actually signing up for. I'm not like you guys. I didn't come from like a mom and dad that are great. Right. My dad died when I was two and my mom was completely physically and emotionally. She was physically abusive, emotionally abusive and completely unstable. And she was a hoarder and cried. She was going to be homeless every day of her life and beat us. She was not easy. What was it like calling <laughs> and her for 16 person years? I called out a landmark. Huh? What was it like calling her for 16 years? Huh? <laughs> 
It was funny because you go through the motion. I wouldn't have gone if I thought I had a call or so. It's the greatest gift I ever got in my life, right? So I teach people, Mike, your mess is your message. And I had so much mess. So my mom ended up dying on my birthday in 2011. And it was the greatest gift I owe my life to Landmark because I learned choice. And when I got to own my power and tell my mom that I was willing to have this relationship with her, I just couldn't, I had boundaries now. These are the boundaries. Like you can't scream. If you want to call me when you're not screaming, I'm like going to pick up the phone in an instant. Like I want to talk to you. I want to have a relationship with you. So you asked me before, is everything a fight? I'm coming from so much love, so much compassion. I can understand everything and that word, I'm going to let you know what my boundaries are and what I'm willing to take. So she told me she can't. She can't paint rainbows in the sky and she can't have conversations with me that are nice because life is miserable and she only wants to scream. So we didn't talk and she ended up dying on my birthday. And it was beautiful because she couldn't talk. She had an aneurysm. I got to be right there. It was on my birthday. I feel like she gave me life. I gave her peace. She was miserable. So dying on my birthday was a gift. And I closed it. I, I was there. I was ready to talk. I was I, I, I made up with her. I talked to her. We got along for like six months. It's just she was in turmoil and she was her own worst enemy. And we have a beautiful relationship now. Thank you to my work out of Landmark. And I'm so grateful that her life wasn't lived in vain because it gave me my whole life because I'm grateful for watching the way she lived her life. I put my whole life into children, but I never had any. And I'm so grateful I don't want any. I don't like to worry and stress like that. And I like life my way. And when you have children, life will never be fully your way because you're only as happy as your saddest child. So you do have to do things you don't want to do and compromise when you don't want to compromise. And life is a little less your way. So I created a kid's charity and I have tons of kids all around me and I love the children. And I'm grateful for my mother every day for the struggle I witnessed because I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> and no, thank how you. do you think that maybe if there's any folks tuning in now, guys and girls tuning in that are living at home with their parents and want to set some boundaries. Do they even have the luxury to set, to set boundaries and how can they set those boundaries if so? Not if they live under their roof. I mean, you can't set boundaries when someone else pays for you because they could easily say you would live under my roof, follow my rules, and then you have to. That was the case for my house. I ran away at 15. So for me, my biggest thing, like, you know, it's funny, my Romeo, said the other day I was teaching my group. We were in the group coaching and I said, you know, our brains. Romeo, by the way, Romeo, your, your coach in, at, yeah. The, at the gym. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like my little, they both work for me. He works for me 15 years, boy, I'm like 12, Simone 20 something. They're with me forever. So Romeo said, I tell, and I have a group, my group coaching and I'm telling them that how our brains ricochet and we're the boss. And just cause you have a thought, right? You're like, no, thanks. I don't want that one. And you take control of your thoughts. And Romeo the other day was like, oh yeah, you can't, I don't know what he said. Family's everything. You can't do anything without family. And I went in, I was in my office and I could have like cried. I could have been like, oh, I have no mom. I have no dad. I have two sisters. One has cancer. It's like, I could have been like, oh, poor me. And I love the value of meditation that I get that you're born alone, you die alone, and you're never alone. And I knew that conceptually, and I never really felt it so wholeheartedly until I adopted meditation the way I do, which is why I say I want when in the end, when I die, I want to be able to just let go. I want to, but it's against our fight or flight, right? Because we fight to live. And I want to be able to know when it's just like a dog, when your dog dies, it's almost like a lot of people's dogs. They go, oh, it went right when I was going to put it down. It's like almost like the perfect passing. So which is what I would love in life. Just the perfect, just to surrender, just to let it go. 
What do you think is the best time of the day to meditate? The morning. Why? Well, earlier in the morning, even 3 a.m. Well, they teach scientifically your melatonin's at its highest. So if you could wake up at 3 a.m., that's the best time. Um, Your sleep is the deepest and you want to be most susceptible to impression, right? So you want to let it in. So you want to have a clear intention and elevated emotion. But for me, I don't wake up at 3 a.m. because the best meditation is the one that you do. (laughs) So I get up at like seven and I do it and the morning is the best because it sets the tone for your day. It's a gratitude practice. It's anytime I'm like, oh, I have to meditate. I'm like, I get to sit with God. Like, how dare I go, oh, I have to meditate. This is a blessing. I get to sit with source. And when I cultivated it, I'm sitting with it. I am it. Do you give credit to God and do you think that people should believe in a higher power to be the champions of their life? Well, I like to teach people that didn't believe in God. And, you know, my whole life I was like agnostic. I grew up Jewish, but I didn't believe it. And people put like, I don't like I my minor was religion. So I learned all the stories, but I never believed any of them. And I follow the golden rule and that's it. And I loved Kabbalah because it was right versus wrong. And I think religion is just the winners of history create history. And the problem with God is that people think, oh man. And when they think man, they don't believe it. So when you learn to cultivate the heart, and I believe that's what's most important that people need to link up to is that there's an unlimited intelligence that runs through all of us and that they're a part of and that they're magic. <laughs> they they are a miracle that was by chance and God and science is real, of course, and God is real. And when you link up to the two, God not meaning a man with a beard, God meaning this unlimited intelligence that we all came from. Like thought has form. There's, there's frequency. Everything has frequency and it's a God frequency that lives within all of us. And you connect to it and it's the seat of the soul and the heart. So, yes, I think everybody needs and should, and it would be a wonderful thing to have that. Life would be a better place because they would come from love because they would feel love and cultivate love and know that that's what it's all about. And so meditation is like an opportunity to get in touch with that intelligence. Yep, which is you. Because the word meditation means to learn yourself, to know thyself. That is the word of meditation. So you're learning yourself. So it's just learning to know yourself. Know your physio. Know your physio, exactly. So when it's like, how do you, people always go, oh, listen to your body. Well, that's not an easy task. Your voice doesn't shut up. You got to chill. You got to learn the balance of which is my whole brand, mind, body, spirit, fit. I teach fitness in mental fitness, physical fitness, spiritual fitness. So if it was spiritual fitness, it would be breath work and connecting to this source and grounding yourself and spirituality and meditation and how do people connect to that, right? Because it was so hard for me. So that was a big one of my messes to my message that I deliver. And then my physical fitness is my whole life that I deliver. And then the mental fitness is I was a wuss. So I was the last one. So I always had a fight against diversity. I sucked as an athlete. I was last one around us to run again and it was me. So I hated being last and I pushed myself and I'm a product of you can do anything. So I know we're a little over on time here. Um, I think that we should definitely have our part two in person as we planned. In person, yes. Neighbor. (laughs) Yes. Um, uh, And I want notice the end and i you want to do one at the gym yeah too. yeah absolutely we absolutely can yeah, when it's closed have the, the camera yes. everything we can do it there for sure 
Um, and I like that you corrected yourself. It's good. I love the awareness and you're going to love it and you're going to notice and you're going to allow that one word to transform your life. I can guarantee you. I'm already doing it and it feels it natural. Create your world, huh? It already, I'm already using it more and it feels intuitive to me. So you can. Exactly. You can good. That. Beautiful. Because our words create our world and you're obviously knowing that. So when we say things that work and that move the needle forward, they feel good and they're like, yeah, right. And when we say things that aren't, you're like, ah, oh, that's not it. When I asked advice and they said this and I asked advice and they said that, uh, uh-uh, right. So you're the boss. That's the point of advice because we know best. So you can ask, do you like the blue or you like the green? Oh, I like the blue. Okay. I'm getting the green, right? Cause you knew the answer all along. You just needed someone else to tell you. So you knew the feeling you got when they told you what they wanted. Well, and I would like to ask you one last question before we conclude. And that question is, if you had the chance to put a word, a phrase, a sentence on a billboard somewhere in the world, what would it say and where would you put it? Always come from love and know you can create the win-win. Something like that. Something like always come from love. You can always come from love, I would put. What does it feel like to come from love? So good because you're coming from love. It's like it feels right. Like how you said intuitively, I use the word and. It just feels right. It feels like like why I love Kabbalah. It's right versus wrong. You know that if you go stab someone, it's not right. It doesn't feel good. So you know coming from love feels good. It feels right. It never feels wrong to come from love. When somebody wrongs us, how do we come from love? to show them if we need to because show you want to be the change right you don't want to model their bad behavior you want to model good behavior so you want to model what you want them to do not what you don't want them to do I'll i mean you if someone beats you, you don't want to beat them you, unless you're in a ring for advice <laughs> in a very specific example that i endured within the past couple of days that i i'm not sure how to navigate this um so i did business with somebody here in miami and they turned their back on me and made it seem like they were doing me a favor when we had an agreement. I'm not going to say names or what happened, but they were they 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 pretended as if our uh, commitment was they were doing me a favor. But but you were paying. What's that? But you were paying. They paid me to do something. Uh huh. We collaborated on something. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They paid me for the hard work of using my team, uh, my professional team, to help us with that project. And then they ended up a year later, they just took my name off and claimed it as their own. And oh, the other, I understand. And the other day, I was riding one of the city bikes over to- Oh, I saw one of your stories like referring to something like that. Like, I don't care if you take my stuff, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. No, you're no, not no me. it wasn't that. It wasn't that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, but thank you for watching the stories. Uh, yeah, I saw that story. I was like, okay, good. You're right. So, They're not you. So I've always known that this- individual was a little bit of a, well, not even a little bit, very much a narcissist. And I was, uh, you know, whatever, like I'll, I'll, uh, as long as I can make them happy and collaborate and bring some value, like I don't have to deal with That's it. That's the story we uh, talked about, about firing a client and when a shake, snake shows you they're a snake. Exactly. So I, when you said that, I actually reflected on this example, but the other uh, day yeah. I was just making my way through, I had already forgotten about this. I was making my way through town. I'm not going to let this, you know, influence me. Like I, I'm moving on. But the other day I was riding my bike and this car like cuts me off and then they cut me off and they- It was him? What's that? It was the guy? Hold on, hold on a second. Oh. They cut uh, me off and then they 
go right past a stop sign. Okay, like they didn't, they did not stop. They pull into their business, uh, like they were like going way over the speed limit, less than a hundred feet away of their business site, and then they like dramatically park in their spot. And I, I had no idea who it was. Then I realized who it was. It was this person, right? And then I walked past their car because I had to get, you know, to this. Well, where I was going to meet a friend, and I noticed this is like just perfect, right? They had a handicap sticker on their car, and they are not handicapped. And deep inside, I almost, I really wanted to say something, but I chose not to say anything at all. And I know that eventually this person will get, will learn one way or another what they have to learn. But how do I come from a place of love? if it's even appropriate in this case, to address my frustration personally right, and personally. Well, first of all, they're not on your journey anymore. Be glad they're not on your journey. You did choose to entrust him again and you knew better. So now you're just grateful that you knew better. So now you know like you have this intuition that actually rocks, but you just ignored it. So now you can use that intuition again and Ideally, not ignore it the next time and wish him the best because exactly karma does what karma does and it doesn't matter to you. He's not on your journey anymore and he's an idiot to show off dramatically like that. So you wish him the best. Thank you for that. Uh, that's, yeah. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. Um, because you're right from the very beginning intuitively, uh, I think that our collaboration checked a lot of boxes in the beginning, but I always had a bad feeling about this person. I just didn't mm-hmm. think that this would get in my way. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. That's very helpful. Yeah, and then it's don't mistake my kindness for weakness, right? So that's like my ba- good quality. That's my negative quality. So I give them a chance. And now I say, you know what? Once, you, you know, twice my fault now. So no more. Now I'm cutting the ties and I'm learning my lesson and I'm not dealing with you anymore. But so you, now you, coming from love, it's not, he's not on your journey. It's not even... To frustrate you is like life is a problems or life. He was just a problem in the road. Now it's over. He's in your past. You gave it's not about love or hate. Wish him the best. Because if you had hate in your heart, that's hate in your heart. It's not hate in his heart. Remember, we started this conversation also with everywhere you go, there you are. And you're all in your own world in one world. And if you don't come from love, it's up to you. Have a good day or not. We used to say in Landmark all the time, have a good day or not. Because it's like, it's up to you. Yeah, it's well, like have frustration. You, it's not hurting me. You gave me goosebumps saying that my that it's in fact yeah it's my my intuition was right the whole time right. You gave me exactly. goosebumps saying that because I could feel the download of wisdom coming in. And you're right. If I pay more attention to the intuition, I would have avoided this ultimately. And for the next time, I'm now more aware, and I'll be able to make a decision based off of that. So that say like, I didn't feel right. You know, I have one of the, one of the ones in my front of the hand, back of the hand is, I'll give you a little sneak preview is unsure is sure. So it took me so long. Like, you know, when you're not sure and you don't know what it is, then you know, it's not it. Cause unsure is sure. It's not it. It's either a fuck. Yeah. Or it's a no. Exactly. Exactly. You got it. Awesome. Well, every time we're on, I get a lot of fuck yeah energy and this podcast is just, one, you know, one opportunity to collaborate. I love to get to, you know, know you better and, 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 and uh, share your incredible space with you in, in the gym. And I uh, 
yeah, look forward to more moments like this. I know we're going to be related. It's okay from the moment I met you guys. I was like, these are my boys. Yeah. <laughs> and then Alejandro showed me you. And I love your brother. I look forward to like seeing the mom and dad that created you boys. You will. You will soon. So cute. I love your brother too. You guys are so talented. <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, I'm going tonight to Sukkot. Really? At the family that adopted me at the gym. Remember I said I'm actually adopted. I would adopt you guys because you're like little. But the one that has the eight kids, they would join my gym. Right. and she, Yeah, I'm going tonight. So when I go to the class, I'm going to see you, but I'm changing really fast at six and then just jeans with sleeves and I can't leave oh, Junie. Wow. I got to leave Junie and because the dog can't go in the hut. Yeah. And I'm going to Sukkot and I'm going to be there till like 2 a.m. because of the best family ever. And I like we we have they bring my book. All we do is read my book all around. We're all in my book. Wow. Well, I can't wait to hear about it. I hope that you guys have the best time. I know. It's great. I love it. I love the culture and I love just being with anyone who honors. The word honor is such a beautiful thing. You know, it's just I, I observe it and I love it and to be in the space of it. And right. Everything's about the feeling. So when you cultivate great feelings, you feel good and then you feel more good. And that's all that matters. Life is a continuum. Just work on feeling good without narcotics. <laughs> and I think that's where we can conclude the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sounds great. So much fun. Yeah, thank you. So that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For all of the show notes, including clickable links to anything and everything that we discussed today, everything from discount codes to videos to research articles, books, tips, tricks, techniques, and of course, to learn more about the guest on today's episode, all you have to do is head to my website, andresprechel.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-S-P-R-E-S-C-H-E-L.com and go to podcasts. You can also leave your feedback, questions, and suggestions for future episodes, future guests, so on and so forth. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one. Have a lovely rest of your day.